from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, it's that time of the month again for Over the Back Fence when Walter Williams and Ashley Mack join me on the show. We'll talk development applications and the Independent Decision Review Panel. Ipswich real estate prices going through the roof. And will the proposed Brisbane Jets become the 17th team in the NRL? It's Monday, September 27, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Walter Williams has called Ipswich home for 30 years and you've heard his voice as a leading voiceover talent in Australia and he was previously heard on QFM, Star FM and River. Welcome, Walt. Thank you, Al. Good to be back. Ashley Mack was born in Ipswich and I don't know, he still carries the scars from growing up under those power lines at Embervale. He was the first voice on QFM in 1990 and is still a media tart. He's also a small business owner. Welcome, Ash. And a mate of Marconi. <laughs> I've been around that damn long. Oh, dear idea. Let's get straight into it. We're talking about the proposed Carolee Child Care Centre, which was flicked past to Council's Independent Decision Review Panel. And for the uninitiated, this panel was established in 2019 when Council was under administration. Now, I'm going to do something a little different to our previous episodes. I'm going to bring in our first ever guest to the discussion, Local resident Dave Cullen, who is objecting strongly to the proposed centre. Welcome to the show, Dave. Morning, gents. How are you all? Let's explore a couple of points here. Firstly, why are, why are there so many objections to the proposed child care centre? Dave, over to you. So the objections are over traffic issues. That's, that's basically where it all comes from, that building a child care centre in a residential area opposite a school um, which is dealing with a road that has not been touched in 30-odd years. We've got a population that's exploded in the last two years in Carolee. Not exploded, but we've definitely gone from 2,700 people in Carolee to 4,300 people in Carolee. Wow. And, yeah, it's creating a traffic issue more than anything else. It's always had its traffic issue up there, though, hasn't it, Dave? Because you know, when when we moved to this area, because you, you know I live in the same area, we looked yes. down there, and the thing that turned us off was it was a seven-kilometre drive right down to the end. It added a whole heap of time to it, and that's that's 17 years ago. So this has been that's going right. on a long time. Mm. It has. Dave, you yeah. said there was a, a childcare centre there already at one point. Is that full? There's three childcare centres oh, in Carolee. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> There's three. There's one opposite the school already. There's one at the Melbourne Street roundabout, and there's one behind the new shops up at Carroll, the, the existing but the refurbished shopping centre at Carolee. So there's, and they're not full. So is there a need for another one? Well, apparently they're saying there is, but no one in Carolee, well, they're not full. So obviously. But when you say they're not, not full, but when you say they're not full, they're like oh, everyone I talk to says they can't get their kids into daycare. Yeah, well, apparently there's spots in them. I've spoken to the um, current 
childcare centres, two of them at least, and they're saying they got they got vacancies. It sort of doesn't so add up. No. Well, that's a mystery to be solved. Let, let's just talk about <laughs> the local objections. Now, how, how did this come to the attention of council that uh, locals or some locals weren't happy, Dave? Uh, the petition has been done with about 1,500 signatures and there was also 280 or 300 actual objections that were lodged formally to council. And it, it all stems from basically a residential, it was going to be a two-storey building, it's not now in a residential block uh, opposite the school. So surrounding it, it's basically houses, but the traffic's banked up and down that street now because the school was originally designed to carry about 400 kids and mm. it's currently having 650 there. So the school's over capacity to start with. Would this, Dave, would this be sort of um, a situation that would be uh, alleviated by fixing that overpass, uh, you know, on Tivoli Road, uh, what do you call it, upon um, Mount Crosby Mount Road, Crosby the overpass? overpass? Look, I think that would it would set – I don't know if that will because it's actually in Carolee that's the issue. Mm. Um, the question was raised if they if they fix the road, would that help the situation? And I, th- I think it probably would. But the, but the whole thing is there's nothing else out that way except houses. The school is the only thing basically from the Carolee shops all the way out there. Mm. So there's no commercial enterprise anywhere else past the Carolee shops apart from a couple of childcare centres and, and a school. The road's just not coping with the traffic out there. I don't the think it ever Barton. did. It's a rough old, it's no. a rough old track at times, isn't it? It's a good yeah. track. And, and the Barton Rose Farm has been divided up into three blocks, and they've just put a hundred houses in aspect. So there's another two hundred cars, obviously, going in and out. That's yeah. So, the, we really need to get the, They need to spend some some of the money that goes into Springfield, Umanto, and and uh, over at Ripley into this side of town, don't they? The north side of town. Mm. Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, that Mount Crosby Road's certainly not helping, and now they're putting a Seven Eleven opposite the Shell. That's maybe, going to create more traffic issues. Well, Dave, maybe we need to take a, 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 a leaf out of Al Barry's book <laughs> and put a great big no. Remember the, the handwritten no Seven Eleven sign that was on the side of the road? Yeah, so they've yeah, taken that's that right. down now. So, so Ash, yeah. I'm a bit in the dark on that one. Uh, was that a local resident protesting oh, about the uh, Barry 7-11? ran for mayor a couple of years ago? Oh, righto, yes. Remember, yeah. and and yeah. Barry's Al Barry, he you see him driving around, but he puts he, he put this huge handwritten sign up saying no Seven <laughs> Eleven, right? <laughs> and didn't do much. He good, put though. a sign on his gates for his cows too. You seen that? <laughs> yeah, but where are the cows? Shut the gate. But where, I don't know, yes. but he asked the cattle to shut the gates. I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> All right, let's round this up now. So th- there's some uh, views on a yay or nay for another childcare centre number four in uh, Carolee. But I want to now move to a, a quick chat about the Independent Decision Review Panel itself. Now, it was established, as I said, in 2019 when council was under administration. Dave <clears throat> Cullen, does council need an Independent Decision Review Panel? Well, I don't think so. I think the councillor's job is to be the voice of the people. That's my thought. Um, I don't think that they should be going to a third party. I mean, council are trying to shift the responsibility away from the councillors and the council. That's just not 
Mm. All right. Ash has got his hand up because we're recording some of this on Zoom. Ash, over to you. I was just going to say, what, why do we hire a council and then flick past it to the others? Is it they simply don't want to make the decision because they don't want to be seen as unpopular? Yep, basically. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Walt, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you don't want to be the guy at uh, a party who's got to draw the name out of the hat for the winner because you're going to be the most unpopular bloke <laughs> at the party, aren't you? And it's the same thing with an IDRP, really. The council has some very highly qualified town planners. Their job is to make recommendations to councillors when there's a hot potato. So this proposed childcare centre is a hot potato and it automatically gets elevated to the council meeting. It's kind of like, yeah, deferring the decision to somebody else at arm's length, mm. you know. But you know, one of the big things, Alan, if I can go back to that childcare centre, is they've relaxed the rules for childcare centres. They've relaxed the parking regulations for other childcare centres. So the council aren't even obeying by their own fundamental rules. Is that being forced on them by the by um, federal and state governments to get? I, uh, I don't know how that works. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but I know that they've relaxed the uh, regulations for two childcare centres at Bundamba and Ripley, and now the developers here at Carolee have used the same model to get their approval. And it's well, a, a bit, bit hard to say no, isn't it? Yeah, mm. if they hadn't if they hadn't had that relaxation of the others, they would never be allowed to build it there. Well, it's interesting that our member for Blair is actually putting up signs, especially the one going into Fernvale, uh, uh, extolling his virtues of getting childcare centres and childcare going. Mm. So maybe there's <laughs> well, something there. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, guys, I don't know. Not. I'm not sure all about that. Um, <laughs> my, my take on this IDRP thing is that we're just creating more avenues for red tape, aren't we? Because well, and it's costing more, costing yeah, more. Yeah, of course, and there's a cost with any red tape. So it's got to get it past that judgment before it ends up at a council meeting, basically. Now, the independent decision review panel does not actually make the decision per se. They only put a recommendation. And it is finally up to the councils to say yay or nay to mm. take to take notice of the decision or ignore the decision. So, so the councillor can say, "Oh no, we, it wasn't us. They told us it was okay." More hurdles. If they to can't cross. be objective, then they probably shouldn't be in the job. Exactly. All right, gentlemen, we could talk about this for a lot longer. I'm sure, Dave. What, what's the timeline now? Do you know for a decision? There's a the part of the independent panel is that uh, people that have actually formally lodged a complaint are allowed to voice their opinion and their, their, whatever it is, at this panel on the 14th of October. Righto, that's the public hearing. That's the public hearing. And so the last the last one for the OneList development application at Ebenezer was live streamed, so I presume this coming one will be live streamed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, well, we'll look out for that. Dave Cullen, thank you for being our first ever guest on Over oh, the Back Fence. You. Very appropriate. It's episode number nine, so we've given birth to something new. I'm learning from all the talent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep up, keep up the great work. Saturday mornings on River Nine Four Nine. Yeah, well done. Thank son. you. Yes. <laughs> took all right. took nine months of gestation, but we got there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave Cullen. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Next on Over the Back Fence, let's talk real estate. And we're hearing lots about booms and busts. Are we witnessing the biggest spike in value since the early 2000s? Great for sellers, 
not so good for first-time buyers. I'm going to come to you first, Ash, because you are our closet real estate guru. What do you, what do you think's <laughs> happening in the market in Ipswich? It's doing what it always does. Ipswich is one of those places that it stays the same for an, an age. You, you properly just sits and then all of a sudden – it goes bang up and then it'll stay there for 10 years. But I tell you what, when it goes up, it goes up. There's some really interesting, you know, houses on Hill Street. I saw a house on Hill Street just down from the radio station sell for, for 900 grand. You, you wouldn't have heard are that. kidding. Wow. No, and the, like there, there are, there's uh, in just over where we are, we're seeing, well, I've seen two in the last few weeks go over the million. Now, Shoot. Ipswich houses in the million is, is, is not, not in the middle of the city. You no. know, heritage things. These are just normal everyday houses. Wow, um, uh, selling at incredible prices, and it has had a, um, a, a, a push on the old renovation game too. Because we're trying to renovate here at the moment. Try and get yourself a tradie. Almost mm. impossible. I can vouch for that. I have been trying to get someone just to do a couple of handy jobs. No one's returning calls. I had a girlfriend mm. like that, <laughs> Walter. You're, and then he married her. You're, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, you said that. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Walt. You're right in the middle of the action, in the middle of the city. What's happening with housing sales in your area? Well, you just you've just got to take a walk uptown and have a look at any of the the windows of the realtors, and you just see prices that are just simply unheard of from when, well, when we moved in 30 odd years ago, uh, half a lifetime ago. Uh, and and now it's just gone absolutely ballistic, hasn't it? A lot of people worry that, that the kids can't get into the market. I, I think that's a, a, a bit of a furphy because if, it, like, if you're in Brisbane, if you turn around and look at Ipswich, it is affordable. It is very oh, affordable. Oh, it's affordable compared to Brisbane. Yeah. And yeah. it's only it's only a 35-minute drive into Brisbane. Like if you lived in Sydney, we, we lived at Hornsby Heights, and it used to take us 45 minutes just to get into a neutral bay. It was ridiculous. Mm. So <laughs> the, the, here, this is heaven on a stick, and yes. they need to sh- you know, show Ipswich to the Brisbane people. But we can reminisce too, and with the benefit of hindsight, wouldn't we have been smarter back in 1998? I remember houses at Leichhardt one mile going for forty and 45000 <laughs> Yes, there was a few of those renovated breath homes, wasn't there? Yeah, lots. That, yeah. that were, were going dirt cheap, and now oh, they're, worth- oh, they're still dirt cheap in comparison to what's going on in Brisbane. Yes. But, but you would get your money back and then a lot more. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the thing is, I think the difference, we're fairly old, the three of us, and the prospect of a million-dollar mortgage to us is probably out of out of sight. But Scary. To, yeah, well, to the younger kids, my, some of my kids have just taken on mortgages like that. I'm going, mm-hmm. you've got bigger testicles than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to commercial then. And we we did hear about the amazing sale of the Icon building uh, this month for $144.9 million. That is incredible because it was sold off the plan, basically, when council started developing Ipswich City properties or redeveloping the city centre. I think it was sold off the plan for the early 90, around about 90 million. Now it's been sold a second time. And the tip was that it was only worth about 100, when I say only, only worth about 128 million. So it's gone well over the odds. Mm. What, what is this saying for Ipswich overall, Walt? Well, like we've been talking about the, the real estate prices for domestic. I mean, this is, this is a record price happening right here with the Icon Tower. Is it a vindication for people like Pasali and Tully and, and, and the, the old crew, the old guard, who 
you know, said, hey, let's have a go at this. Mm. And, and like, basically we didn't hang on to it long enough. Well, I think the political pressure just got to a pressure cooker and then there were some other silly things happening on the side and mm-hmm. then, then, the, uh, then the cards all fell apart. But it mm. seems to be this far into the project, which is about 12 years, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that it was, a right, it was the right decision for Council to buy Ipswich City Square Shopping Centre. Oh, definitely. Now, oh, yeah, it was a great decision. And Icon is the first building that was built and it's on the corner of Brisbane and Bell, and that's where Macca's used to be. And you might remember two levels of shops mm. in the old Ipswich City Square. And mm. now that Council has is owning its new admin building, and that's the one with the pretty lights, Walt. That's mm. that's the one that looks very flash at night. I I think uh, <clears throat> I think ratepayers should actually now be smiling about that yeah, decision. Well, we've got to, yeah, there's, that's it's certainly worth a lot of money that area there, and the, the council owns. So I think they've they've sold the old council buildings too, haven't they? They've been sold to uh, Queensland Health, so they would have made a dollar there as well. Well, they they got they got some money for it. I don't know whether it was the right money, <clears throat> but uh, it was it was some money. And so now the new home is there. The, and the big bonus in all this, yeah. that a lot of people don't talk about, is the magnificent civic space now known as Tulma Place. That is a mm. big space which is yeah. now owned by the council, i.e., the people and That's the good. library. So. It's it's been a funny way to get there, but in hindsight, mm. it looks like it's really coming together. All the all the missing ingredient now is some tenants naming the cinema. Who's going to operate uh, the Commonwealth Hotel? Mm. So there's still a few jigsaw puzzles, yeah. you know, puzzles to put in place. But overall, it's looking pretty good. It's smart to own property, isn't it? Let's face it. We're we've all we're all property owners ourselves, and and two of the biggest property owners in the world. Um, Make burgers and uh, religious, and that's the Catholic <laughs> Church and McDonald's. <laughs> so well done, Ipswich City Council. Yeah, yeah. give right. the burger business. Looking good. <clears throat> Time to move to sport, gentlemen, and talk of the NRL 17th team is really ramping up. To be announced sometime after the grand final. Is it going to be on Monday, or is it going to be Christmas, or is it going to be early next year? Now, my mail is that. Ipswich seems to be at long odds because the big money is on Redcliffe because they've got the bucks. But will the NRL go with the big bucks or go with Rugby League Heartland? Ash? It's, oh, it's, look, I'm, I'm biased. I just want it for Ipswich because it's going to be a great deal of green folding drinking vouchers coming into the town. Yeah. There'll be so many businesses be able to, you know, to ride on the back of that. Yep. I'm just biased. I, I'd probably be broken hearted if it went to Redcliffe. Mm. <laughs> I think many yeah. people would. Well, Ditto. Yeah. Look, I'd love to see it happen for Ipswich uh, and especially for everyone involved in the Jets Leagues Club. It'd be a fantastic asset for the city, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, as we head towards the Olympic Games in 2032 and all of that. But here's a couple of finer points. Will it happen? Well, let's hope it happens. But it'll be known as the team will be known as the Brisbane Jets. Mm. Right. The Ipswich Jets will continue to play a team in the QRL comp. For sure. And yeah. we'll have the Brisbane Jets doing the NRL. And because we don't have a stadium of suitable capacity and style at the moment, they would be based at Suncorp slash Lang Park. But mm. hopefully that will be the catalyst then to get something happening proper at North Ipswich. That's what we need over at North Ipswich Reserve to, to build something 
brilliant in that part of the world. It would be good to see. Uh, look, and one of the big rumours at the moment is that uh, Wayne Bennett might be the man to coach whichever team comes in 17th place. Wow, that's a wild one. Mm. Okay. Let's see how good you are, Walt. <laughs> well, we're just writing that down. <laughs> well, let's keep on the sport theme uh, because, Walt, you do a bit of moonlighting ground announcing at the Jets home games. And Kieran, La- yeah, yes. Kieran Landers hanging up his coaching boots at the Jets. Is he saying goodbye too soon? I thought he was a pretty popular dude. I would have thought so too, and he didn't have a long reign there. Um, it's only been two years as as coach, um, and and taking over, of course, uh, in that role as a Jets club legend. I mean, the the man joined the team as their. Uh, back in 2010, a year later, he was already their captain. So obviously, he's a man with leadership skills uh, and a very sharp footy brain. So Kieran Lander was uh, definitely the man for the role as as the coach of the the Jets. In fact, captaining them to their uh, 2015 premiership and also awesome. the NRL State Championship mm. uh, trophy. And uh, to his credit, the last game they played at home at North Ipswich Reserve. Kieran's Jets won over a, a very favoured team, so uh, which was terrific to see. Oh, look, and while we're talking, Kieran, and I don't know what the future is beyond that yet. I haven't heard rumours of who's going to replace me and what's going on there. But we also, just with any team, they, they develop, they grow, they change, people leave, people join. Tyson Lafipo, um is hung up his jumper for the final time, one of the, the players for the Jets. Been there 15 years 210 in-trust games. Not bad, is it? Not bad at all. Good effort. Yeah. Congratulations. So they're going to, uh, they're yeah. going to retire his jersey. That's a nice yeah. thing. Are they going to, is he going to coach? Tyson? No, I don't think so. No. It's funny. The funny thing about sport is coaches become as big as the team. Like oh, Foster yeah. Coglu, right? Yep. Goes yeah. overseas, takes over a, a, an English team, and he becomes world famous, mm. right? Maybe that's where the money is. <laughs> I'll learn how to coach a football team. Become a coach. It's been an expansive uh, program today on Over the Back Fence. Thank you again for uh, joining the show, and we'll uh, talk to you next month. Sounds good. Thank you. Good to be anywhere at our age. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts. Or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.